You're listening to the Hog Beat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. Okay, welcome to the Hog Beat Hour. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by managing editor of Hogbeat.com, Andrew Hutchinson, the best in the business. Um, I think at this point, that's kind of just a known thing that Hutch is the best at what he does. Uh, no Alex Trader this week. Uh, kind of been a bad week for the Hogbeat crew, but we're getting through it. It's been a it's been a whirlwind of events for Arkansas as well. So let's just start with the coaching changes, Hutch. So Jamil Ashley, D-line coach, gone. Uh, DB's coach, Sam Carter, gone. He goes to Ole Miss. But then Arkansas quickly turns it around as if they had a plan in place, and they bring in Dominique Johnson um, – or Dominique Bra- Bowman, my bad. Not the running back, Dominique Johnson. Dominique Bowman from Marshall. Um, so, Hodge, just general reaction about those – three things happening well first of all you know last weekend I did some research as you know I do um, on coaching staffs in the power five and how many of them not only have retained their offensive and defensive coordinator but had not had any staff changes at all because up until Saturday which is when I finished my research Arkansas had not had any staff changes it looked like they were going to keep all 10 assistant coaches that's what Sam Pittman said that he hoped would happen and he thought would happen back in December Apparently things changed, but Arkansas is one of only like seven power five schools out of 65 that had not had a single staff change. And so whenever I was hanging out trying to, to get by, I battled the flu this past weekend. Uh, news broke on Sunday afternoon that Jamil Ashley had been fired. I had to quickly track that down. I was able to confirm it. Uh, still no you know, official reason as to why they, they got rid of him, uh, but he was fired. He was let go. I believe uh, and the kind of the general thinking is, is that it had to do with recruiting. Uh, that's just because, you know, he, he didn't recruit super well. I mean, he did help Arkansas land Nico Davillier, uh, the uh, defensive end from uh, Maumel, the in-state kid. But you wonder, you know, he's an in-state kid. Would he have come to Arkansas anyway? You know, J.J. Hollingsworth, an in-state kid, low three-star. Uh, probably would have come to Arkansas no matter who the coach was just because he loves the Hogs. Um, so you throw that on top of the portal recruiting, you thought he was going to maybe be able to get you Jackson player, one of the top defensive tackles available in the portal, uh, because he coached him for three years at Tulsa. And then it turns out now he's going to go back home to Waco and play for Baylor. So you miss out on him. You miss out on Makai Wingo, the, the transfer from Missouri, who goes to LSU. Uh, so I guess all of that kind of combines led to uh, Sam Pittman saying, hey, you're not recruiting at the, the level I expect. You know, there's maybe something else out there. Maybe there is. Uh, but at least as of right now on the surface, it appears that that move was a recruiting one. Uh, the, the Sam Carter move was a little bit more head scratching, even as you, you know, got through and, and realized, OK, that he's leaving for Ole Miss. You know, it, I, I still don't know exactly what happened there. Uh, but it is interesting, as you said, that Arkansas was able to quickly move and have a new guy in place 24 hours later in Dominique Bowman. It was almost, as you said, like they had a plan in place. Uh, that makes me think that maybe this was something they didn't necessarily fight too hard. Um, just kind of connecting the dots, you know, the player coaches or players' parents have come out and spoken out. I know one of them was on a Twitter Spaces 
uh, after it all happened and was saying that, you know, several other defensive backs were planning on transferring, but didn't. That's after the five, I think it was, that, that did transfer, including Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks. Uh, so who knows what was going on there. Uh, but needless to say, Arkansas has moved quickly to, to bring in Dominic Bowman, who on the surface appears to be very similar to what Sam Carter was, kind of a young, inexperienced at the FBS level. He only had one year at Marshall. That's his only year coaching FBS football as an on-field assistant. You know, he had previously been at the FCS level, even had a stint at UA Monticello, a D2 school. Uh, so uh, he's, he's young. He appears to be able to relate well to recruits. And, you know, if Sam Pittman's going to hire him, he's going to come in here and, and have to recruit uh, the heck out of it because that, that's what Sam Pittman demands of his assistant coaches. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. So, of course, Arkansas had those defensive backs leave, as you mentioned, but they also had a couple come in. You think Dwight McGlother and Latavius Brini, both those guys came in while Sam Carter was still the defensive backs coach, at least according to the public. And then now you bring in um, the new defensive backs coach. And I know you wrote a story where you talked with Dallas Young, Arkansas's only defensive back commitment for 2023. And he seemed to have liked Dominique Brown. You know, he said he got on FaceTime with him, talked to him. Um, but I'm thinking specifically about these transfer defensive backs who are coming in um, for this next season. Do you think that that might affect them? I, I don't think they can do anything at this point now because they're already enrolled. But what do you think about that? That's another reason that the whole Sam Carter leaving for Ole Miss things just kind of is a little fishy to me because it happened on – Monday of this week, which was the last day Arkansas had, based on my understanding, for incoming transfers to get enrolled in classes to be able to go through spring ball and things like that. So I think the ink has already dried on those guys. I think technically they could still get in the transfer portal after spring ball and go somewhere else. I mean, we saw that with Trey Williams last year. He got in the transfer portal at Missouri and back in, in December of that year, went to Houston, and then in April, after going through spring ball, I guess, he decided, no, nah, I'm going to get in the portal again, and he ended up at Arkansas. So I guess that could technically happen with one of these defensive backs. Uh, I don't expect it to, at least at this point. You would think that they would still like the situation at Arkansas, uh, knowing that they're probably going to come in and be immediate contributors, immediate starters, and, and help Arkansas build on their nine-win season from this past year. So I'm not too concerned about losing any of those guys, but it is a thought you have to have. And I'm sure it's one that, that Sam Pittman, you know, I mean, I, when I talked to Dallas Young, he told me that, you know, Sam Pittman had told him the day before it all happened that he was going to, Sam Carter was leaving. So I'm imagining that they probably did the same thing with those two transfers and gave them a heads up and said, Hey, this is happening, but here's who I'm bringing in. And uh, I, I would anticipate them both still playing for Arkansas in 2022. So let's go back to Ashley, though, the defensive line coach. That it, We've talked about this before. I think it's pretty clear. That seems to be the position that you need the most right now from the transfer portal. Um, any names floating around that maybe you have more confidence in than others of them possibly coming and being the new defensive line coach at Arkansas? Yeah, there's a few names being circulated. And, I mean, we've, we've got some really good subscribers on hogbeat.com. You go check out the, the trough, our, our premium message board. Uh, we've got guys that are, are scouring Twitter, looking Twitter followers, tracking all the Twitter likes and follows and all that good stuff. And they, they, they found a few guys that would 
would be potential candidates uh, that I think are, are legitimate. And I bet that, you know, who knows, by the time we get this published and people are listening to it, they may have a defensive line coach already hired. Uh, my guess, though, is it's going to be a similar hire as uh, Bowen from Marshall. Probably a guy that's coming from the FCS ranks or a G5 school that hasn't really been there for very long. Young guy, probably going to make not a whole lot of money. It'll pr- he'll probably get a pay raise from where he's at, but he's probably not going to be making the 300000 that Ashley was making or the three hundred and fifty that Carter was making. Uh, you're going to see them probably save some money there because you've got Kendall Bryles waiting in the wings to get that big raise uh, that we know is coming. And so uh, it would be very unlike Arkansas if they just started handing out money and giving everybody raises. Uh, my guess is, is that these changes, uh, since they are being made, they're going to go after somebody like a Michael Scherer last year. We see what, what he did. You know, he, he came in, he's making 175000 a year, one of the lowest paid assistant coaches in the SEC, He's proven his worth as a recruiter. He's proven his worth as a coach, in my opinion, after what we saw from that position uh, this past season. And he'll probably get a pay raise, but you know they were able to, to bring him in for a low amount so they could give Barry Odom a raise. Uh, I think it's going to be very similar to that with this defensive line hire and also with the, uh, the new defensive backs coach as well. I bet they're going to both be making less than their predecessors were at Arkansas. Also, you got to think uh, another name that could get a pay raise is Jimmy Smith. I mean, he's helped a lot on the recruiting trail this offseason, and I've heard some from some people within the team that he's next up to get a pay raise, and I think it's much deserved, and he's a guy that's really helped this team as far as recruiting goes, but that seems to be like a trend that Sam Pittman has is I'm going to bring in these guys who not only can they coach, but more importantly, they can recruit because – what is Sam Pittman known for? He's known for being one of the best, if not the best offensive line recruiter in the country. So that is, that is something that you know you're going to get with whoever Sam Pittman hires. Um, and then the real question is, is, it, is whatever they're doing in practice going to translate onto the field? And that is yet to be seen. But, Hutch, before we wrap up this segment, uh, another thing we got to talk about, it was the big news on Thursday uh, – has to do with NIL. So JB Hunt, or no, not JB Hunt, the Hunt family, I believe is the correct terminology, announced that they have the Athlete Advocate Consortium. Um, their mission statement is we assist in the development of student athletes to achieve their maximum potential in all aspects of their college experience with a focus on civic responsibilities and their personal interactions in the community. So basically, just go ahead and translate that for us. Tell it to me like I'm a second grader, Hutch. Well, what I think it is, I think we, we've seen this at some other places like Texas, you know, where they had, um, you know, some guys that were, were getting scholar or basically getting NIL deals tied to like charities and stuff like that, which I think is a great cause. And I think J.D. Note is the first guy uh, that the Hunt family has signed on with this deal. And he's working with uh, one of the charities that, that helps uh, feed, feed families in need. And that's something that he struggled with growing up. I, I read his statement and that's something that he wanted to, he felt passionate about. So he's going to be able to, to help out in that regard, uh, in what way, how that looks. I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. You know, we're, at the time we're recording this, it's only been a few hours since that all uh, went down. So I'm anxious to see how it all plays out, but I know uh, JD Note is probably going to get a paycheck from that. And there's probably going to be some other Arkansas athletes uh, across multiple sports, I would imagine, that gets paid 
in order to do stuff with local communities local or local charities uh things like that uh, but again, I think right now it's still pretty early to know exactly 100% what that's going to look like uh, moving forward. It's just, I can say, a very big deal that the Hunt family is getting involved in this because that's what everyone talked about in Arkansas whenever all this NIL deal stuff went on was, oh, what about the Waltons? What about the Tysons? What about the Hunts? Well, here we are, J.B. Hunt family uh, stepping up and they're, they're going to put their, their money where their mouth is, as they say. And uh, we'll see if this kind of has an impact on recruiting or things like that. But if nothing else, it's going to kind of put Arkansas on a level playing field, if not maybe even above uh, some of the other SEC programs. Yeah, no, I, I, I like what you said, though. It's kind of a wait and see thing. All we know is what the press release said today. We know that J.D. Note is their, their first guy that is working with them. And everything else is yet to be seen. So, um, but with that said, it is a big deal. Um, as you mentioned, this is a, a, a family that has a lot of money. Um, so that, that definitely helps as far as the NIL goes. But I, I like the fact that, you know, they're, they're not just saying, hey, we're going to give these athletes money to play sports at the University of Arkansas. They're doing it in efforts to make a difference in the community. So, um, but moving forward, we're going to talk some recruiting. We haven't even talked on the Hogbeat Hour about Latavius Brini from Georgia. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, we'll talk more about that, more recruiting here on the Hogbeat Hour. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. All right, we're back here on the Hogbeat Hour. Just Mason Choate and Andrew Hutchinson along with you this time. No Alex Trader. I uh, hope he's doing well out there. I know he's watching. So, Hutch, we're going to talk some recruiting. Uh, big news since the last time we recorded. The biggest news, I would say, is probably Latavius Brini, uh, defensive back from Georgia, started 11 games for them. So uh, I'm sure you've done more of a deep dive than I have on him. So tell us what you know. Yeah, this is a guy that started 11 games for arguably the best defense that we've seen in college football in at least a decade, if not longer, probably one of the best ever uh, and I know some people would point to the fact that he did not start down the stretch uh, he did get replaced in the starting lineup uh, however I would caution people to say hey Georgia's depth is probably a little bit different than Arkansas's depth uh, their backups are probably really really good uh, they may just be younger and so uh, this is a guy he did start 11 games this year he started the bowl game last year against Cincinnati and played well and honestly, he played well whenever he, he was, you know, starting for Georgia. It's not like he got benched because he was terrible. I mean, this is a guy that graded out better than the two defensive backs you've seen leave Arkansas, Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks. So he was uh, earned like an 80-plus grade on pro football focus. He had a, a pretty solid coverage grade. I reached out to the uh, Georgia writer in the Rivals Network, and he said that he has struggled in coverage sometimes. Uh but again, there's probably different standards for, for Georgia and, and Arkansas at this point. Uh, you know, Sam Pittman is doing his best to close that gap, uh, but still that, that does exist right now. You'd be kidding yourself if, if you pretended it didn't. So uh, he's a very solid pickup. He's a guy, he's a super senior. He's using his extra year by coming to Arkansas so he has one year to play. I would expect him to start immediately for Arkansas. Uh, you're probably going to have Dwight McGlother in one of the other uh, grad uh, transfer portal pickups. He's probably going to start at one of the corner spots. 
I'm not sure if Brainy will start at maybe at nickel. That would be make the most sense because that's where he played at Georgia, or and he would replace Greg Brooks. Maybe he starts at one of the safety spots. Maybe he could start at the other corner spot. You know, depending on what Hudson Clark and and the Darius Bishop do. Uh, he's a guy that that I'm really looking forward to talking to Sam Pittman about and seeing kind of what they have envisioned for him. Uh, but I know Sam Pittman has has always said they like to have guys that are versatile, guys that can play multiple spots in the secondary. Uh, so I would expect that to be kind of what Arkansas is getting from him is kind of a veteran, uh, older guy that come in and contribute. So I, I look at Brini and I think now Arkansas, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Now you got to focus on the defensive line. I feel like that's what you got to do because you, now you have two defensive backs that you've gotten from the portal. And I'm, I'm looking here, correct me if I'm wrong, Hutch. So with Brini, Arkansas can still sign three more players in the 2022 class, but that that does not count because Miles Rouser still could sign. So if Rouser signs, then you have two more spots. Am I correct by saying that? That is correct, and I would expect them to target one of those defensive line uh, defensive linemen. Uh, don't know who that's going to be yet uh, because they've they've missed out on their or their top two defensive tackle spot uh, targets as we discussed with with Ashley. So I, I'm not sure who they'll go grab. It could be one of those things where they wait until after spring ball. I think that's at the point they've reached now uh, since they've passed the deadline uh, for guys to be able to enroll and go through spring ball. And honestly, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Look at what happened last year. I mean, John Ridgway and Trey Williams and Markel Etsy, all three of them were additions after spring ball. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. And who knows? who they hire as the new defensive line coach. Maybe he comes from somewhere that has some stud on the defensive line that's looking to transfer into the SEC. Maybe that could happen. Uh, but I think Arkansas, that's that's definitely what they're going to be doing, as you said, is, is trying to find some more defensive linemen, specifically some defensive tackles. All right, so that, that, well, that'll wrap up our talk for the 2022 class. Now we got to move on to the 2023 class because Arkansas does have – their junior days going on over the weekend. Um, two more commitments for the Hogs in the 2023 class. Tied in out of Bixby, Oklahoma, Luke Has, and then linebacker from Georgia, Everett Rousseau. Um, First of all, Has, I saw a video. He committed in front of the other visitors right there with Pittman, correct? Yeah, that was a really cool video. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I think we have it in uh, Alex's recruiting uh, recap or whatever of the junior day. That was a really cool moment. Uh, Sam Pittman seemed to be surprised. Maybe he knew it was coming, uh, but he seemed to be pretty excited and gave the whole, you know, turn on that damn jukebox uh, slogan that he has. Uh, but that is a, a massive pickup for Arkansas. Number one player in Oklahoma. This is a guy that was committed to the Sooners uh, under Lincoln Riley, decommitted, and then now here he is committing to Arkansas. I know, it, I believe it came down to Arkansas and Oklahoma the first time around, uh, but he he wanted to go play for Lincoln Riley. And now uh, he's coming to a school where he's got really strong ties to the, the program. I think his, his sister and his aunt maybe uh, went to Arkansas. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a really cool thing for him to kind of continue a family tradition uh, by coming to the University of Arkansas. Now he's going to play for the Razorbacks. And he's the number, he's the third tight end in the class, you know, joining Shamar Easter and Jaden Ham. So pretty, pretty loaded group of tight ends. And Dow Loggins has, Loggins has done a, a phenomenal job getting those guys in and never giving up on Luke has, uh, despite his commitment to Oklahoma. 
Yeah, I was going to mention the importance of logins in that. I mean, three tight ends, two of them four stars. Um, Shamar Easter also from Ashdown, Arkansas. He's a four star. Arkansas is going to be loaded at tight end. You got to think maybe one of these guys could move to receiver um, or they could just all play tight end. You just run two tight end sets or something like that. But um, Hutch also, Everett Russaw, you know, the future is going to be at linebacker because Arkansas continues to have, I mean, bumper pool comes back at linebacker. Then you bring in Drew Sanders. These are two guys that probably won't be at Arkansas after next season. So you need to bring in more young talent and Arkansas is getting it done at the linebacker position. Yeah, Sanders could still come back because he's just a, he was just a sophomore at Alabama this year. Of course, you probably hope that he could play well enough that he'd want to get drafted. But ideally, he'd be here for two years and kind of be the holdover, kind of like how you know Grant Morgan was the holdover from last year. Bumper Pool's going to be a holdover. Uh, but yeah, you, you do, do need to recruit that position really, really hard. Uh, they, they had struggled with it in the past. And also uh, with, with Everett, you know, this, the program he's coming from, Cedar Grove in Georgia, is a really good program. I mean, you mentioned Jimmy Smith, his recruiting acumen or, or earlier. This is the program that he coached at in, in high school before deciding to coach in the college ranks. And all he's done is he's helped Arkansas land Jaden Hazelwood from there as a transfer. Uh, he's helped him land Rashad Dubinion, the four-star signee, running back, and now a, a linebacker who – Right now, he's a low three-star on Rivals, so people aren't super excited about it. Uh, but this is a guy that I think made huge strides between his sophomore and junior year, and it would not surprise me if he gets a little ratings bump uh, the next time Arkansas has a ch- – or the, the Rivals analysts have a chance to look at his film uh, because he is he made a lot of strides, and he had some pretty big offers too. So uh, another really big pickup for Arkansas over the weekend. And it, it didn't just end with those guys. I mean, Arkansas also had three preferred walk-ons commit. So uh, fill us in on those three guys. One of them is a kicker um, that is a very talented kicker. Yeah, the kicker you mentioned is Blake Ford. Uh, he's got the, the coolest, one of the coolest Twitter handles, uh, Viking Kicker. Uh, so you can go follow him. Uh, he's The way I've been told is that he is basically Vito Calvaruso's replacement. Uh, he's got a cannon for a leg I guess that's something people say um, and he, he's going to be kind of the kickoff specialist because you know no one's going to replace Cam Little I think he's kind of got that that position on lockdown for a full four years and he's only been here one so uh, you don't have to worry about that he is a walk-on and so that that's a pretty solid pickup and the others uh, you, you, the first one was was Brock Burns an offensive lineman from Ozark uh, this is a guy that at one point was committed to Kansas as a scholarship player. Uh, he decommitted, and now he's going to stay close to home as a preferred walk-on. Uh, he's a two-star recruit on Rivals. I think some other services have him as a three-star. So anytime you bring in a guy that has a star rating, even if it's just a two-star as a walk-on, that's a pretty solid pickup. Grant Morgan was a two-star walk-on. Uh, hey, uh, Hayden Henry, I was getting the, hey, the Henrys mixed up. Hayden Henry was a two-star recruit, came in as a blue shirt. Uh, so those are, are solid pickups, especially in-state kids who you know love to play for the Razorbacks. And then the other one is Randall Dennis Jr. He's a defensive tackle. He's actually from Georgia, uh, but the, you know, usually you don't see guys you know, outside of kickers and punters come to a school from out of, that far out of state as a walk-on. Uh, but it's not necessarily super out of state for him, considering his dad 
I was reading grew up in Blytheville, Arkansas. So uh, a chance for him to return to his family's roots and come play for Arkansas. And, you know, it's a position of need. I'm not saying a, a true freshman walk-on could come in and contribute, uh, but who knows how he develops down the line. And uh, he may be a guy we hear about, you know, two, three, four years down the road. Well, overall, recruiting seems to be going really well for the Razorbacks despite the coaching changes. Um, and so hopefully they can keep that going moving forward. They don't have a whole lot of spots left to fill, as we mentioned in the 2022 class, but 2023, they've already got a good start on it. Um, let's see, what's their ranking in 2023 right now? It looks like three. Is that correct? Go look at it, everybody. Go pull it up. Rivals.com. Go to the 2023 recruiting rankings, and Arkansas is at number three. Your eyes are not deceiving you. Now, I have to preface that, though. It is still really, 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 really early. I mean, we haven't even passed the traditional signing date for 2022 yet. Arkansas has eight commitments right now. That's tied for the second most in the country. So that helps the, the rating right now. Uh, but just looking at it, I mean, it's not a bunch of low three stars. I mean, it's a bunch of high three stars and a couple of four stars. So a really, really solid base for that class that uh, if the cards fall right, it could end up being a top 10 class for Arkansas. I'm not making that prediction yet, but it is, I believe, in the cards if, if Sam Pittman and company keep recruiting like they have uh, to start out the class. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. We will be back with you up next. We're going to talk some more recruiting. We're going to talk some more basketball, all of that here on the Hogbeat Hour. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. All right, we're back here on the Hogbeat Hour talking basketball this segment. Uh, I mentioned we're going to talk some recruiting. We got to talk. I mean, McDonald's All-Americans, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh. So now Arkansas has two McDonald's All-Americans that are going to be on their squad next year. That doesn't even include the other freshmen, transfers that are, that are going to come in. I mean, next year's squad for basketball, everybody's talking about it when they were going through their slump um, a couple weeks ago. Everybody was like, well, we have next year. And then you also had your crowd, which was like, well, we have baseball season still. But next year's basketball team, Hutch, is the sky the limit as far as like what you got coming in? Because the talent is just going to be crazy. Well, here, how about this first stat? The last time Arkansas had two McDonald's All-Americans in the same class that actually showed up on campus, their names were Todd Day and Lee Mayberry. So uh, I think those guys worked out pretty well for Arkansas. Uh, it kind of sets the bar really high for uh, this incoming group. But yeah, I mean, the sky does seem to be the limit. I mean, the other guys that are in that class are all really good. I mean, it's a five-man class, and all of them are in the, the Rivals 150. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a fantastic class. And, and personally, I'm really excited uh, to see what those guys bring. I'm, I'm going to do my best to try to go watch North Little Rock play at some point this season so I could see Nick Smith before he is in an Arkansas uniform. Uh, but, man, pair him with uh, you know, maybe some guys coming back. You know, Jalen Williams, you assume, is going to be back. You know, maybe Devo Davis – you know, improves and then throw in, you know, as you said, Arkansas is always going to bring in a transfer or two. So it could be a really special year next year. Uh, but of course, it's still 2022 right now. And uh, the team seems to be on a roll right now. Yeah, on a roll is correct. They uh, just beat Ole Miss Wednesday night, fifth win in a row. 
before we get to Ole Miss, just got to mention the A&M game because it happened before the last time we recorded. What a crazy game that was. Best atmosphere that Bud Walton has had all season. And the the overtime period, so the, the entire game was – it was a good game. Um, it was back and forth for a little bit. And then you go to overtime, and what you saw was you saw Jalen Williams. I mean, this – he – Jalen Williams is just the leader of this team at this point, I believe. Um, he the, His shot where he had the turnaround at the end of the shot clock and nailed it. I mean, that's that's what he that's what's making him so great for Arkansas is that not only is he just doing his role player thing, kind of what he did last year and getting a few rebounds here and there. He's now he's now scoring. And he said that in a press conference a, a, a few times, a few games ago, he said, they're asking me to score more now, and so I guess I can go out there and score more, and that's what he's doing. Uh, I believe Hutch – or not Hutch, Musselman said after the Ole Miss game that uh, he made a lot of threes in practice last year, but he never had the green light, and now he kind of has that green light this year. So, Hutch, would you agree that Jalen Williams is – he's the leader of this team, and he's probably the MVP of this team so far? Yeah, I mean, I think there's really only two guys you can make a case for, and it's Jalen Williams and J.D. Note. And <laughs> we had this uh, question posed on our message board uh, after the Ole Miss game, said something like, you know, rank the, t- the players in, like, their importance for this team. And, you know, I went back and forth. I could not figure out who I really wanted to put number one, whether it be J.D. Note or Jalen Williams. I think I put Note on the message board, but here I am a few, uh, you know, several hours later and I'm starting to question myself, well, maybe it's, it's Jalen Williams. I, I really think he is probably the most important player on the team, even though he doesn't necessarily score at the quite, you know, the rate that, that JD Note does, but he does all those little things. He can facilitate, he plays defense, he blocks shots. You know, he's starting to block some more shots lately. Uh, he had six steals the other day, I believe it's Texas A&M. Uh, that's just, that's incredible. Uh, so he, he's just doing a little bit of everything. And, you know, when he's asked about it after the game, you know, you know what he thinks about, you know, filling up the stat sheet. And he's like, I don't care what my stats are. I just want to win. And that seems to be, you know, truly how he plays. Uh, if, if he needs to go out and score to help them win, he'll go out and score. If he needs to take a charge to help them win, that's what he'll do. Yeah, he was actually named uh... – what SEC co-player of the week, I believe, 16 and a half points per game last week, and then 10 rebounds. Um, I here's a stat for you. He now has six games where he scored double-digit points. And prior to that in his career, he had only had three games total where he scored double-digit points. So Jalen Williams is on a run with the Hogs. And you mentioned Note, I think as far as scoring goes, you saw against Ole Miss on Wednesday night that. Note is just – he might take 23 shots, which he did against Ole Miss, but he scores 25 points, and Arkansas wins that game really because J.D. Note is just – he's just your offense. Um, I don't think that Ole Miss was that great of a team. I think a lot of people can agree that it, it kind of felt like the South Carolina game where your opponent just can't really score the ball, and at times Arkansas was just keeping them in the game because they could. there were times where Arkansas's offense just couldn't do anything. Um, but J.D. Note, he continues to be your glue guy, the guy not maybe not glue guy, but the guy that he's going to score your points, and he's the guy that you go to when you need points. And he, he scores at will sometimes, and then sometimes he has cold streaks. But 
Hutch, I want to ask you about this guy. He played basically 40 minutes, 39 minutes and 40 seconds. Trey Wade. Trey Wade has been so great for this Arkansas team. And Eric Musselman said uh, after the Ole Miss game that he's been incredible and that he, he's been awesome for the Hogs. He scores 12 points, five of five from the field, two for two from three. He got five rebounds. This is a guy that he's now making his shots. Not only is he making his shots, but he's continuing to play that great defense that we've heard of. And now he's getting some rebounds here and there. Yeah, I think the defense is probably the biggest thing that he brings to the table. A defense and a toughness. <laughs> he's one of the most, you know, more vocal guys on the team when it comes to playing defense. And he was actually talking to the media on Thursday and he said that you know one area that the team can improve defensively even though they're playing at an elite level right now is just you know talking on the court he said that him and and Jalen Williams are, are the two main guys in that and that if the you know if the other the rest of the, the guys on the roster on the field, floor at that time uh, can talk like that then they could be uh, even better defensively which is crazy to think about and, and Trey Wade is the leader uh, in that department so uh, throw in the fact that you know he knocked down two two three-pointers uh, against Ole Miss uh, that, that's that's not something I would have predicted in any game much less a conference road game uh, so yeah he's he's really bringing some really good things to the floor and uh, it, his importance is, is evidence in that just how many minutes he played as you said he came off the floor for only 20 seconds and that was like halfway through the first half so uh, when when it mattered most Eric Musselman wanted Trey Wade on the floor and that tells me everything I need to know yeah, and it's it's not just Trey Wade's defense that has been awesome. It's Arkansas's defense as a whole. I think we heard the stat yesterday that this was the first time maybe in SEC play in Arkansas's history that they've limited limited two opponents to less than 60 points in two straight road games. So the defense has been amazing for Arkansas as of late, and it's a big key to why they're – on this five-game win streak. So, Hutch, I mean, West Virginia coming to town, you think they can continue this defense? Because, I mean, it's really just been five guys, six if you add in Devo Davis. So, they got to continue to have that. They got to continue to put the pressure on and also score points on their own. Yeah, this is going to be another game, I think, that that could be ugly just because, you know, West Virginia likes to play physical they like to, they're, you know, they know, known as press Virginia. Uh, that's something that Bob Huggins likes to do. Uh, so it, it's going to be a tough, challenging game. I know West Virginia isn't quite the level as they've have been in, in recent years. I think they've lost four straight, but those games have been against the likes of like Baylor and Kansas and TC or Texas Tech. So really good teams. They're going to be, you know, desperate to try to win a game. Uh, on the road against Arkansas uh, so you, you better believe it's going to be a physical game and it could be another one where a guy like Trey Wade or maybe a Kamani Johnson or something like that you know becomes uh, critical uh, for Arkansas just because of the style of the game and uh, it's probably going to be another one you're going to have to win with your defense I mean Arkansas could come out and shoot lights out and you know put up 80 points but my guess is is you're going to win this game because you're holding West Virginia under 60 uh, like you have been, you know, in so many of your recent games during this winning streak. You mentioned Kamani Johnson there as a guy who could come in and contribute against West Virginia. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned before that Arkansas has really just got five guys. It's the starting five. 
Um, and then Devo Davis is obviously your guy off the bench. I mean, he played 22, almost 23 minutes against uh, Ole Miss. Chris Likes only played one minute against Ole Miss. Kamani Johnson played seven minutes, 44 seconds. Moving forward, aside from Devo Davis, because we know that he's he's going to probably be your number one guy off the bench, um, who do you think is going to really help this Arkansas team? Is it Kamani Johnson? Is it Chris Likes? Is it maybe a Jackson Robinson who we saw get his name in the starting lineup for a little bit? Who do you think it could be? Just based on what we've seen in recent games, I feel like it's it, Kamani is the most obvious answer just because he Eric Musman likes what he brings to the table. Uh, he brings that physicality. He brings that, you know, really hustle uh, on defense. He brings – uh, he's not going to go, he's not going to jack up, you know, a 30 foot shot just because he, he's going to play within himself. And I think that that's a valuable thing and, uh, they like his energy. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be that guy, you know, Chris likes, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, you'd think that he would be a guy, but man, he just was not very good against Texas A&M and in recent games, he just, he just goes out there and he dribbles and he drives to the basket, gets into the paint and he doesn't know what to do with it. Cause he's five foot seven. And it's just, it's hard to, to do stuff in there around all these bigger players. So uh, it just, it drove me crazy. Just watching him just dribble the heck out of the ball. I mean, we know that Devo Davis can do that from time to time as well. And, you know, JD Note could do that as well. Uh, but it just drove it, it. Look at the plus minus stat. I know it's not the perfect stat, uh, but Chris Likes has really struggled in that department uh, over the last uh, four or five games. Even even against uh, Ole Miss, he played for one minute and he was minus two. Uh, so it just kind of shows you things have not gone well when he's on the floor. Uh, so uh, I, I would say that the most obvious guy that's going to help is kind of like that seventh man. If Devo's the sixth man, I could see Kamani being that guy. Yeah, Chris Likes, minus 10 against Texas A&M. So that's not not exactly what you want, and I agree. It it does get frustrating watching him just dribble around, try to take it in the paint, and it doesn't work. So um, Kamani Johnson does go towards kind of what this team has become, and it's a you know a, a bigger physical team, kind of as you mentioned, who they're going to go out there and play defense, and then have your guys who can score a little bit. Your JD Note, Stanley Amude, if he's on, even though he scored zero points against Ole Miss. Um, Trey Wade now, you're getting points from the guys that you need to get points from. Like uh, earlier in the season, you weren't getting a whole lot of points from Trey Wade and Jalen Williams. Now that you are, that's become very valuable for Arkansas, and I think that's why you see them winning more games. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for our basketball talk. So Arkansas beat A&M, beat Ole Miss 64-55 to on Wednesday night, uh, and then they got West Virginia and Bud Walton Arena 1 p.m. on ESPN2. Um, Hutch, before we go, you think that's probably going to be the, the most full that Bud Walton is all year? A&M was a pretty packed house on Saturday, but I, I don't know. Must said it after the game against Ole Miss that he thinks it's going to be loud and it's going to be rocking, but you think they can fill it up? I think so, and I think it also helps that Eric Musselman has, has launched that, uh, what, what do they call it, the must tickets or something, where if you're not using your ticket and you don't have anyone to give it to or sell it to, uh, you can give it back to the U of A, and they will find somebody uh, to use that ticket and get butts and seats. Uh, so they're doing their best to fill that Bud Walton Arena up, and I think it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. 
especially for the return of one Gabe Osaboyan. I think everyone remembers Gabe O. Uh, so it should be a, should be a fun time. Oh, Gabe Osaboyan. I mean, has there ever been a player more frustrating to watch than Gabe Osaboyan? Maybe Chris likes. Maybe that's who it is. There but, you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, Musselman said that the, the crowd against Texas A&M was a big factor into why they won that game. So, um, you know, he probably watched that game and was like, hey, we got to get rid of this whole – we have these season ticket holders who are just – they bought this ticket and they're not showing up to the game. So, good on them for doing that, and hopefully it helps out. So, um, but Hutch, hopefully you start feeling better. Hopefully we can get Alex next week, and uh, we'll talk to everybody else then on the Hogbeat Hour.